says, it's from Malachi 3, 10 through 12. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. I think it's just an encouragement that God is faithful. He says, test me in this. And I can say just as myself, you know, when I began tithing faithfully, it's incredible how your bank account just seems to never run out. No, <laughs> um, but he's so faithful in providing. And maybe it's not even just the bank account, but in many other ways that he opens the doors and blesses us. And so we want to be faithful and we want to be obedient to what God is calling us to do to give of our first fruits to him. So let's pray for our tithes and offerings now. Father, we thank you, God, that you are a God of promises and you are faithful and you are true to what you say you're going to do. And so, Lord, we believe. We believe and we have faith and we trust in you. And knowing that as we are obedient and doing what you ask us to do and giving of our first fruits, Lord, that we, um, we know that it's going towards furthering your kingdom. And um, we know that it's going to continue to grow this church body. Lord, as we are a family in Christ, God, I pray that we would continue to grow, that we would continue to reach the lost, Lord, and that we would continue to just be a light in the darkness. Father, we love you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Samuel, will you go get me a stool from the, the worship? Yeah, just give me a stool. Thank you. Well, what a transition. We uh, got the live feed out here now, so now everyone's back online. This is crazy. This is crazy. Um, it's good to be here this morning. Can we fit more people in here? We're gonna have, we may have to put some more chairs out. We want to fill this tent safely as possible. But uh, um, we want to really be reaching out and, and, and making a safe place for people to come. When uh, Jason Friend comes, we're going to be really promoting that. He'll come with a very powerful word from God. And so uh, we, we're going to try to figure out some, maybe some ways to get some wings covered with the shade or something so we can get some more people. Oh, my son. I'm going to sit today. Amen. Okay. Rick's got a copy on that. We're good on Facebook. Is the volume good there? Yeah. Probably. Amen. And I'm as ugly online as I am in person. It's even CC in it, man. a little heavier online. Uh, yeah, it, 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 adds, it adds 25 pounds to me, I promise. 
Hey, we are continuing our, our series this morning, and this series is so incredibly important for us because we're, we're going to be learning foundations of, of our Christianity. And the series title, uh, as you, you probably remember, is Habits of Highly Effective Christians. And I didn't limit to seven uh, because there's a number of them that we've been going over, and we're going to continue on in that today. It might even turn into a two-part on this one subject because there's so much that we might even go more. But we need to know this part um, this morning. But in, in summing where we've been, the first habit of highly effective Christians was that we needed to abide in Christ. We, we cannot do Christianity outside of living in Him. It's so incredibly important that we find our strength, <clears throat> strength in Him each and every moment. And uh, we, we, tend, we, we talked about that, that you know, we as people, we are independent, um, we are strong-willed, and we tend to do a lot on our own strength. And God gave us abilities but we need to understand that we need to connect with him um, on, a, on a spiritual level, uh, look to him for, for everything, and, and really spend that time with him. After that, the, we talked about guarding our heart, and I, that is such an important message because um, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Uh, everything we say and do comes from the things that we allow into our heart, including bitterness and, yep, it's going to be windy today. Thank you. I didn't do what Rick told me to do and put it all in a plastic sheet. Um, we're lucky to be here this morning. Um, guarding our heart from, from the, the enemy, from our own thoughts. Has, has anyone online, or and you can, if you're on Facebook, you know, comment if you're comfortable with that. But um, have you ever just been driving or doing something and this crazy thought just comes in your, in your mind out of nowhere? And it, it can be a, a comment of worry. It can be a comment of a, a, like an angry thing. Um, just, I mean, if you're willing, has anyone ever had that? And you go, where the heck did that come from? You know, not, not these, you were already thinking about it and it got stronger. It's like out of nowhere. That's called an intrusive thought. And those come from the enemy. And, and the enemy will come with that intrusive thought and, and then what happens is we have a moment that we decide what we're going to do with that thought. And we can allow it in and allow it in our heart, or we can dismiss it and get rid of it. That'll work. That'll help to keep some things flipped. All right. They're taking care of me. I even have a hair whoopee. All right. Hey, at least I want you to sign that hair whoopee. <laughs> Try that one. Okay, awesome. Thank you, Rick. Um, and we need to guard our heart. We can't let these things that come from the enemy, because those things, if it's causing anger or worry or depression or discouragement, we need to get rid of those. So guarding our heart is so incredibly important. So abiding in Christ, guarding your heart. And, and then the next, last week's message was about getting into the Word and, and learning how to have a habit of being in the Word of God. The Word of God is what's going to guide us and direct us. I know believers who say, you know, I just, I don't read the Bible much because I just have this awesome personal relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit just shows me everything I need to know. Well, I, I will guarantee you that cult leaders and cult followers say the same types of thing. 
I'll guarantee you that Muslims will, will do the same thing. They follow what they believe is right and what feels good in their heart. And there is false holy spirits, if you will, that lead us astray. Um, and the only way to tell um, whether or not we are hearing from the spirit of God, the spirit of the enemy, or the spirit of Rob, okay? The spirit of Josh, the spirit of James, the spirit of Scott. Uh, you cannot tell the difference sometimes in the spirit between yours and God's. We, we, it's just true. There's these people come to me all the time and say, God led me to do this. And I'm like, that was not God, but they felt like it was. And, and how do you tell? You need, to, you need to be in the word. The word of God is what's going to direct us and help us know what the will of God is, know what the word of God is, know how to navigate this. If you are not spending time in the word, you're really, what you're doing is you are letting yourself be out there just to get picked off by the enemy. And the enemy is going to come in and he's going to do that. But, but the word is going to help us to guard our hearts. It's going to help us to guard our minds. It's going to help us to know truth from error. Even in the idea of counseling, if you've ever been to a counselor, good counselors, one of their main objectives to help you overcome whatever it is that you're overcoming is to know the difference between a truth and a lie. We lie to ourselves all the time. All the time. So the word of God is going to help us to know, wait, that's not true. How many of you have ever just felt like, you know what, I, I messed up so bad, God doesn't love me anymore. And you feel that. And you think, I think he even told me that. No, that's from the enemy. The word of God tells us that God loves us, that he never leaves us, that he never forsakes us. So, so last week we talked about the word. I can't stress enough the importance of being in the word of God. This morning, we're going to spend some time and, and I think we're just going to, like I said, we'll probably go a couple of weeks because there's so many aspects of this, but we want to begin to talk about prayer. And that will segue into having a, an ongoing, regular um, devotional time with God. Ongoing, regular devotional time. But we're going to hit some things in prayer. Prayer is the next uh, most important thing. And I can't say it's less important than the word because they go hand in hand. Um, we need to be people who pray. And so, so the first question is then, what is prayer? If you're watching on Facebook, go ahead and put on some things. What do you think prayer is? If, you, if, you, if you're bold, because uh, maybe you'll find out that your, your, your thought wasn't exactly right. We have these interesting ideas sometimes of what prayer is, and we, um, you know, that they're formal, flowery things. You know, what, what you, you know somebody's praying, oh, wow, that's a good prayer. Wow, that prayer is so good. They use so many good words. Uh, many of you have, uh, in your life, you've thought, I can't pray because I can't pray like that. You know, I, I, I don't know how to use words like that. I don't know how to talk to God like that. Prayer is not a specific type of prayer. Prayer is communication. You know, um, there's numerous words they use in the Bible that represent prayer. But the bottom line for us, we need to understand that prayer is simply communication. And the word communication comes from the Latin, and it's also in French. But it means to share or to have in common. And, and if you're sharing things, if you share life with people, if you share things, it's not just one way. Community, communication is two-way. You've got to be talking and you've got to be listening. And so we need to develop a communication process 
with God. Let me tell you a couple things that what prayer is not. In my, in my notes that got all messed up. Prayer is not bargaining. Ah, see, I can't even get away from the mic. It's not bargaining with God. That is not prayer. And sometimes we try to bargain with God. Well, God, if you'll just do this, then I will. That's not, that's not prayer. That's, that's trying to make a bargain. Um, prayer, uh, prayer is not making demands of God. God, do this, do that. Uh, that's not prayer either. Prayer is not uh, only asking God for things, though that can be part of it. That's not all the prayers. It's just, just going, God, I need this, and I want this, and bless this person, and watch over this person. That's asking. That's a part of prayer that's uh, called supplication, where we, we do ask it, but that's not all the prayer is. Many of us, that's, that's what we think our prayer life is. We go, okay, I need to go to God and ask him for things. And there's a, there's a real health in that. When we ask God for things, we actually realize that we need help, and that's difficult for us. So that's part of prayer, but that's not only all prayer. Um, prayer is not a therapeutic meditation-type exercise, though you can meditate and, and talk to God, too. But see, really, meditation is really not even talking. That's just kind of mulling and thinking. Um, prayer is different. Meditation on the Word of God is good. Uh, waiting for God to speak to you is good, but prayer is not just that. Um, it's definitely not just sitting, you know, with your legs crossed and your middle finger touching your thumb. Um, prayer isn't bothering God and taking up his time. You know, when you pray, you're not bothering God. And you're not taking up his time. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a passive person. My personality is, is I uh, always want, I'm a kind of a, a pleaser. I like people to be happy around me. Um, because of that, I, I hate uh, conflict. So I'm always, you know, working and trying to make people happy. And, and so I find myself doing some funny things that I'm working on changing. 50 years old, been working on this one. When I knock on a door, I knock like this. I don't know why I knock so soft. Well, actually, I do. Because if they're busy, I don't want to disturb them. So I knock real soft. I'm not talking midnight. I'm talking 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I used to knock like that. I don't knock like that anymore. Somebody came up and says, listen, you went to somebody's house. You want to give them something, talk to them, know if they're home. You knock like this. But my personality is real soft. So now I walk up to doors and I go, no, I, I'm here. I spent the time to be here. I knock. Okay? I do the same thing when I talk to people. Call them up, hey, I hope I'm not bothering you. Is this a, a good time? Well, that's respect. But we've got to not take that in, into God. Hey, God, I hope I'm not bothering you. But, you know, if you've got time, he has time. He created time. He's got all the time in the world. And, and, and here's, here's a, this might, you know, blow your mind a little bit because it blows mine. When I go talk to God, it's not like he has to say, oh, James, can you wait a minute? I got to go talk to Rob. I'll be back in a minute. Just hold that thought, James. And he comes and talks to me. I mean, he doesn't have to do that. Now, it might sound crazy, but do we feel that way about him? Like, well, you know, he's probably busy. I've even heard people say, you know, yeah, God doesn't really want to talk to me. You know, he's talk he used to talk to people like Billy Graham, and he's probably talking to, you know, you know, Rick Warren. I don't know. He's, he's, no, God is not bothered by you, and you're not taking up his time. He's not like, 
Come on, Rick. You've been talking a long time. <laughs> he doesn't do that with us. He just sits and he listens. So we don't bother him. And if we can understand that, then we can go to him anytime, boldly. You know what's awesome is, is uh, you don't call him at 2 in the morning when you can't sleep and need to talk to him and wake him up. Which, if you don't have somebody in your life that you can do that to also in the natural, you need to find someone that you can call at 2 in the morning and wake them up and say, I need to talk. I had this buddy years ago. He was so free with that. I got a call one time at 2 in the morning. I was asleep. And he goes, hey, Rob, what are you doing? I'm sleeping. He goes, oh, you want to go to Teddy Bear? <laughs> That's funny. But... We can, we, can, we can call God at any time. We'll wake up in the middle of the night and say, God, I got to talk to you. And it's not like he's going to say, okay, well, can you make it fast? Because I got an appointment in the morning. I'm going to meet with Mickey on a prayer run. And he, he gets up early to pray with me. Prayer is not a way to control the Lord. You can't control him. Don't, don't look at it like that. God, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. Just make that all right. We don't control the Lord with our prayer. We pray according to his will and he moves it's also not a way to show off your spiritual your spirituality to others and and i hope that's no one in here i hope that's never been me it probably has been me at times like ooh, i'm gonna pray a flowery prayer now and show people how spiritual i am use wonderful words that nobody understands that's that's not what it is Let me give a couple, uh, couple people's definition of what prayer is. Prayer is a spiritual communication between man and God. It's a two-way relationship in which man should not only talk to God, but also listen to him. Prayer to God is like a child's conversation with his father. throw this one away it's a two relationship in which man should not only talk to God but also listen to him prayer to God is like a child's conversation with his father it's natural for a child to ask his father for the things he needs that's from the Billy Graham Association let me read this one it's a little bit a little bit deeper I like both of these and I don't think you can sum up what prayer is in a sentence even a paragraph because it's so life uh, it, it, um, so life consuming prayer is the practice of the presence of God let that sink in Prayer is the practice of the presence of God. It is the place where pride is abandoned, hope is lifted, and supplication is made. Prayer is the place of admitting our need, of adopting humility, and claiming dependence upon God. Prayer is the needful practice of the Christian. You like that one? It's the needful practice of the Christian. Prayer is the exercise of faith and hope. Prayer is the privilege of touching the heart of the Father through the Son, Jesus our Lord. That's really good. I want to I hit a few things in that. We want to learn about what prayer is and, 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 its, and its importance in our life. It's the practice of the presence of God. You can't have communication without being together. So when we pray, we get into his presence. And, and we're talking to him and we're listening to him. It's a place where pride is abandoned. When, when I come before God, I got nothing. 
I got nothing. He's the king of the universe, the creator of everything. And I come in and I go, yeah, I got really nothing. You're, you're my all in all. There's no, no pride when you come to God going, hey, God, you know, I've been really good with all these things in my life, um, but I need a little bit of help. Now we realize that compared to him, we're, we're really, uh, our, the Bible says our righteousness is like filthy rags. So pride should go away. We shouldn't come before him with pride. When we come to prayer, our hope is lifted that he hears us and he answers us. And the scriptures say that, that he is faithful and just. It says, with prayer and supplication, make your request made known to God. Prayer is a place of admitting our need. That's a tough one. When you come to God, we come to him and say, Lord, I need you. We sing that song by Matt Marr. Lord, I need you. How I need you. Every hour I need thee. And, and prayer comes and says, I can't do this on my own. And if, if we really understand it, we should be coming to him all the time and saying, God, I need you. Even in the things that I think I can handle myself, I want you there. It's bringing on humility, adopting humility, because we begin to realize that we're not all that, we're not all that cool. We don't have everything we think. And we're claiming dependence upon God. Again, I need you. So right away, for some of us, some of you listening online or even under the tent today, that's going to be one of the hardest obstacles you're going to have to cross is going, I need you. And I'm claiming dependence upon you because we want to be able to do it. We want to know that we have enough in us. And outside of Christ, we're really just wandering around in circles and we don't know. So we need him. It's the exercise of our faith and hope. And the last one I really like is that it's the privilege of touching the heart of the Father because or through the Son of God, Jesus our Lord. Prayer is a privilege that we have to talk to him. In the Old Testament, we see men, men of faith and men of God. And, and one of the things that sadly I think occurred for some people when the temple came is that some people felt like they couldn't talk to God freely. And that's just my guess. Because in the temple there was the Holy of Holies, the place where God's presence dwelt. And only once a year could the, the, the uh, chief priest go in and, and make the atonement uh, for the sins of, of the thing. And, and, and that was it. But you see the men of God, the, the men of the Bible who had these amazing relationships with God. David would just tell him how he felt all the time. You know, David, I mean, he's a crazy guy. If you look at his life, he was up and he was down and he was sinful and he was, you know, he was everywhere. But he would talk to God and he wrote so many of the Psalms as just prayers to God of where he was and what was going on. And he was not afraid to say, God, why did you forsake me? Where are you? Where are you? Why did you do that? Job had amazing conversations with God about God. These people, and, and God is okay with that. God is okay with your questions, with your coming to him, with an anger, with a, with a doubt. When you come to him and go, God, I just don't know if I trust you, he doesn't go, well, you should. He'll work with you. 
through that lack of trust. And I know that if, if we gave time this morning, we'd have testimony after testimony of, of God's grace and his graciousness to us. That wind isn't good for the fire. So we come to him. Oops, I'm going to put this away too quick. We see a lot of examples of, of, of prayer in the word, and we're just going to be able to hit a few this morning. And my, my main thing that I want to accomplish this morning is to just get you stirred up to begin to say, I need to have a prayer life. And there's lots of types of prayers, and there's some formats, and, and we even have some resources that could help you with that. Jesus, the Son of God, broke away often to pray to God. Jesus find, found himself, when the, when the crowds would press in, he would sneak away to the mountaintop early in the morning and pray. One time he found him late in the evening praying, and he prayed until three in the morning. He play, prayed for all night and into the early watch of the morning. If, if regular prayer was important to Jesus, shouldn't regular prayer be important to us? Even Jesus... His, his prayer that we remember so much in the Garden of Gethsemane where he was pouring out his heart. He went with his disciples and he says, you stay here and watch with me, pray with me, but I'm going to go over there and, and I'm going to get real with God. And, and Jesus went and he got so real with God that, that he said he, he sweat as drops of blood and they fell to the ground. And that's a real medical condition when you're under such stress that your capillaries actually break and, and the blood comes down in sweat. I don't know. Have you ever been that stressed? And I, I've gone, man, I'm so stressed out, I think, but that I've never been that stressed. And Jesus spent time with God. And Jesus questioned God. Hey, if there's any other way, let's do that. If there's any other way, God, but not my will, yours be done. He came back and he found his disciples. And he said to them, couldn't you just... Terry for one hour and that's that's one of the questions this morning that I'm asking myself and, and and the Lord is asking you could you tarry for an hour with him could could you spend an hour in prayer well most of us freak out about that but but um, I want to encourage you that with time and effort you can learn to spend quantities of time in one sitting and that's one of the ways to pray is Jesus early in the morning? Many people get up before they before they they go into their day. They want to forgive me. I, I forgot who said this now, but he says, "I want to see the face of God before I see the face of man." I want to see the face of God before I see the face of man, and getting up and spending time with Him, dedicated time. And I'm gonna, yeah. Uh, Shana and my wife are are running. They're working up to running. And uh, they've been walking and walking faster and faster. And uh, this week, right, we're going to start the running. And uh, she's going to probably hit me later at the campsite for talking about her. But um, they're going to they're going to run. If I'm correct, they're going to they're going to run for a minute and they're going to walk for a couple minutes and then they're going to run for a minute and they're going to walk for a couple minutes. That's what they're going to do for the first week. It's a good way to start. And then second or third week, they'll maybe 
you know, walk, run for one minute and only walk for, run for one, walk for one. And then they're going to start adding time. And they're going to run for a minute and a half or two minutes and then walk. And they're going to run for three minutes and then walk. As they go, they're going to add time to their run and they're going to take off time from their walking. It's a great way. To, anyone can do that. It's a great way. I'm looking at some of the so people who are into the exercise and they're all nodding their head. Well, you can do the same thing with God. I don't know if I could do an hour, but I can start with a couple of minutes. I'm going to sit down, clear, clear off my, my anything around me, and just talk to God. And, and when we have communication with God, there's no formula for it. You can, you can do whatever you want, just talk to Him. You know, just start talking about your day if you want. You know, God, I got a meeting today. And uh, the truth is, is I'm not real prepared for it or I'm worried about it. And if we don't get this contract, then you know, I don't know what the company's going to do. Or, God, I, I've, I've got, I got two jobs I'm working on. And I got to, you know, build a wall in one and, and I, and I got to drywall the other. And, and I don't know if I have enough time, but I'm, I'm kind of worried about Just talk to him. Just begin to, to, to pour out your heart to him. You'll, you'll start to find that you can talk to him about your worries and your fears and other things. In that time, you can um, ask for help. It's a good thing to do. There's that couch to 5K. It's kind of what, what uh, Shana and Shannon are doing, you know, learning how to run. Can we be people who would learn how to pray? They said the scripture this morning and when we're doing the prayer walk, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Anyone ever have a boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse? Anyone? Did you have to talk to them <laughs> to make your relationship any better? Let's talk to God. Let me give you a couple of, of, uh, of ways just a couple of, we're going to, we're going to hit some more next week. Um, a real simple one, acts, the word acts. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're online, write this down. Acts, a way to, a, a way to approach prayer could be summed up in the word acts. A-C-T-S. The A is for adoration. When you, if you're wondering how to pray, start off with adoring God. That's why we do a worship first. It's a time that we can just say, God, I love you. I need you. You know, you're so good. It's a time that, that you can write out even the things that he's done for you. You know, God, I, I recognize yesterday when, when you helped me in this or you touched my friend or you answered a prayer. Just adore him. The C stands for confession. That's a fun one. But we, we come to God, we need to confess our sins. Just go to him and God, forgive me. Forgive me that my, my thoughts or forgive me my actions. When you do that, I, I, you, need to do it, you need to do it specifically. Don't just say, God, forgive me for everything. Who's ever been in a fight with someone? And in order to end the fight, you just said, I'm sorry. And really, you're kind of saying, well, for what? Well, for, I'm sorry for everything. But you knew inside your heart you weren't really sorry. And the person you were apologizing to also knew that you weren't really sorry. Sometimes you need to get really specific because we own that sin. It works with a spouse, with a friend. And you say, I am sorry that I yelled and I called you that name.
I'm sorry that I didn't trust you. I'm sorry that I accused you. With God, it's God. I am sorry that I looked at porn last night. And then you, stay, you maybe you'll start realizing, you know what, God, long before I looked at the porn, I was planning to look at the porn. I'm sorry I even got on the computer because there's no reason to be on my phone at midnight when I'm in bed and feeling stressed or lonely. God, I'm sorry. God, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that my anger flared up and I fill in the blank. Confess your sins. One of the things, it does a lot of things it does. One, it clears the air between you and God. Nothing's separating you there on your side. Another one it does, it exposes your sin and puts it into the light. And when you start saying it, sometimes it loses its power. And sometimes that conviction comes on you a little bit stronger to say, I'm not going to do that again. That's the C, confession. T is Thanksgiving. You start saying, God, you've given me so much thank you. And write your list of things to be thankful for. Adore him. Confess. Thank him. And I tell you, if you'll, if you'll develop that, that habit in your prayer life of, of thanking him, you know, even for the things that you don't always recognize his blessing in, God, I thank you that, that this morning I had power when I woke up and my water was running. I live in a blessed country, even if it's going crazy. Thank you that I had a car to drive and, and I, I have uh, multiple pairs of shoes to pick from. Thank you. It starts creating an, an attitude, much like we do with our kids. Did you raise your kids to be thankful? Did your parents raise you to be thankful? Have you ever seen non-thankful kids? Don't they just hack you off? You do something for them and they don't say thank you? Let's learn to be thankful with God too. And the S, is, and, and the S on this, this is just a simple way to pray. Adore him, confess your sin, thank him for things. Now get down to asking him. And, and here's, here's why we do it that way. In supplication, it's good to ask God. God, will you please, you know, heal a friend, bless this day, provide for me, all these things. But one of the things, if we go through adoring and confessing and thanking him, sometimes when we get to our supplication list, we realize, you know, I've got enough. You know, we, we might say, God, you know, we might have been going and going, man, I really want that new car. And I think I deserve that new car. And I'm just going to ask God for it. But then we adore him and we confess our sin and we thank him for all the things he's given us. And we go, you know, I don't, maybe I don't need that new car, but I do need a car. Would you provide? But it's just a simple way to, to, go, to go to prayer. And it's very similar to what Jesus did. Matthew 6, verse 9. You got your Bibles, go there. talk about prayer next week and Bobby are you going to be here next week can, can you do your walk through the hour prayer talking about it in about 10 minutes yeah. okay she's going to share another way to pray for an hour it's awesome anyone can do it and she'll teach us a little bit on that
we'll have Mickey do some sharing. We'll have some different people who just talk to God regularly. And you can see there's different approaches to God and that he will meet us in so many ways. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 6, verse 8 I like to hit first. I will actually will hit 7. Um, I'm going to make Elise do that one more time. Let's start at 5. <laughs> I wanted her to keep making these motions over there. And when you pray, notice it says when. It says when you pray. It doesn't say if you pray. It also says in the Bible when you fast. That means it's, it's a given. We're supposed to fast. When you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. You know, so, so if you're praying or you really anything you're doing that's getting a reward by other people, that is your reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut the door, pray to your father who's at the secret place and your father who sees in secret will re reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need before you ask him. And, you know, it's just not about repeating the same prayer over and over and over. Now, there's times in meditation that you might just, I do this all the time. God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm so grateful. Thank you, Lord. That's not what it's talking about. That's okay to say. But... But don't think that if you go and do a specific prayer, and sadly, I, I think of, of how many Catholics have gotten this wrong. There, 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 was a, there was a point to some of the prayers, but when the priest says, go, go give five Hail Marys for your forgiveness, they're like, what? That's not what God was talking about at all. Don't be like them. He knows the things you have before you ask him. And now he says this. Now, this first part is so incredibly important, church. In this manner, therefore, pray. Now, we know this prayer. Most of us know it in the King James, right? We memorized it. But in, in the New King James, it says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Just out of a show of hands, I can find out how many people grew up in church. How many of you grew up reciting that prayer regularly? If you look at quite a few. Honestly, how many of you really, that prayer lost a lot of meaning and didn't have much meaning, but just became rote? Anyone? It's, it's easy to do. Um, I, I, when I was in high school, I was dating a Catholic uh, well, you know, I, I dating a girl and her family was Catholic. She wasn't real devout Catholic at all. But we, we'd have meals over at their house. They would pray. And I, I became a Christian during this time. And so I was really beginning to love God and, 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 and want to pray and do these things. And I didn't, I had never spent time with, much time with Catholics. And so they would pray for their meal. And this is what it would sound like. It's okay, you know, whoever would, would pray, either Melissa or Melinda or, or Rosanna, the, the three daughters. Bless the Lord, I guess we are pleased for the bounty increase of Jesus, amen. That's, that's how it sounded. I didn't understand a word they were saying. 
And, and, and I said, what? And they did it again, and pretty much the same thing. Bless the Lord for these nine gifts, which we were about to receive from thy bounty in Christ Jesus, amen. I said, one more time, please, and can I actually understand it? I think the prayer went, bless us, O Lord, and these thine gifts, which we are about to receive from thine bounty. The prayer meant nothing. And you can pray the Lord's Prayer, and it will mean nothing. Right out of the Bible, if you don't understand it, and if you're not praying it from a sincere authentic place. Jesus did not want us to recite the Lord's Prayer. He didn't want us to just get up and over and over, but he did want us to think about it and say, in this manner, therefore pray. Now there's nothing wrong with reciting the Lord's Prayer, but I want to encourage you if you do that to give some thought to it. And, and here's, here's a way you can do it as you pray it. And you can do this with other scriptures in the Bible. Our Father, stop. You're my dad. You're my father. For me, I would say, I didn't have a great example as a father, but I'm learning that you're a good father. And I've even seen in the Bible that I can call you Abba, which means daddy. And, and you belong to me and I belong to you. And you're in heaven. That means you're above everything, but you're also close to me because you're my father. That means all my problems are, are okay because you're in heaven and you created everything. And you're holy. Hallowed be your name. You're good. Nothing evil, nothing bad comes from you or is in you. And I want to declare that too, that you are good and you're holy and, and, and so holy that your name itself is holy and blessed. Your kingdom come, Lord. I want to see what you want to see. And I want to see it on earth, not just in heaven. I want to see my family line up and look like a kingdom of God type of family. I want to walk in the things so much that, that it's like the kingdom of God is already in my life and that I live by its principles and, and the, the people around me will live by its principles and be affected by its principles. The kingdom of God is good. It's full of love and joy and yeah, that's what I want, God. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done right here. I don't want to do it my own way. I want, I want to do it your way, God. Let your will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. Well, Lord, you've already given it to me. I'm so thankful that you've given it. I, I open the fridge and I never worry that there's no food. Yeah, God, sometimes I'm not happy with the type of food in my fridge. I'd like a few more snacks, but you always have blessed me and I have never gone without food. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to do that and I'll, and I'll put my confidence in you to keep doing that for me. Forgive me for my debts. Forgive me of my sins. And there are plenty. And this is where we would we'd use that same thing, confession. We'd, we'd enumerate them and say, God, forgive me for this. Be specific. Forgive me. Forgive my sin, my trespasses, my debts. Wow, Lord, you mean when I do something wrong, I owe a debt? God, forgive me for my, my debts, but I guess you need to show me if I owe anyone else. I might owe an apology. I might have cheated someone, so... God, if there's a, 
If there's a debt that I owe to someone, make me aware of that. As I forgive my debtors, those who've done things to me, God, that's a tough one. Some people have really hurt me and they owe me big time. Help me to forgive them. Yeah, I, I read that parable, Lord, where the man who owed a, a huge amount of money was, was being thrown in prison and he begged forgiveness and the master said, it's forgiven, your debt's forgiven. And that same guy went out and grabbed a buddy of his who owed him just a few bucks. And he said, you'll pay me every penny. God, I don't wanna be like that. You've forgiven me a big debt, help me to forgive others. God, don't, don't lead me into temptation. And I know that you can't, you don't. The Bible says that you can't tempt me. So help me not to be led anywhere that would tempt me. God, show me the places I shouldn't hang out at anymore, where I might be tempted to go back and do a, into a sin that I used to have. Help me to watch the movies that I watch. Don't lead me into any temptation. Some of you might even pray, pray, God, help me to stop listening to that music. It makes me angry. It makes me too melancholy and remembering things that just aren't, aren't helpful to me. Deliver, don't lead me into temptation. Deliver me from the evil one. I recognize there is a devil. There is a devil. His name is not Governor Newsom, but he might be a friend of him. <laughs> There's a real devil who hates me. He hates everything about Christianity. God and as you deliver me from temptation, deliver me from him. Deliver me from him. Help me to put on that spiritual armor found in Ephesians 6. I don't want to be a servant of the devil anymore. I don't want to dance with the devil. I don't want to have communion with the devil. Deliver me fully. And I thank you that greater is he, greater are you, God, in me than the devil that's in this world, that he has no power over me. He has no power if I don't give it to him. Because yours is the kingdom. It's yours. It's all yours. You have all the power, and you receive and deserve all the glory. Amen. Now, I hope you prayed with me a prayer like that today. And if you see that, you can grab your Bible, open up to Matthew, and just have a 10-minute time of prayer and go even deeper. Who thinks they can do that? Anyone? I hope you, I, you know, my, my, my flesh right there wants this. And who, who was helped by that? And who, I, I hope that, that part blesses you. People taught me how to do it. There's a lot of ways you can do that. And there's other things too. We're going to, over the next couple weeks, we're going to do some other ideas of prayer. We're going to talk about the power of prayer. We're going to have times of stories and testimonies because we need to know that prayer is effective, that it's powerful, but it's also communication. We touch mostly on the communication side today. We need to spend time with God. Read his word. Spend time with him. Make sure that we're abiding in him all the time. Those things are going to help us to guard our heart. And we're going to see the beginning of more and more fruit or what we're calling in this series effectiveness. I want to be effective. I really, I really want to make a difference in this world. 
I think that's so important. It's key right now. And um, the world is in a crazy time. And, and I think more and more people are questioning the God of the Bible and walking away from it. It's all that more important for us to be truly disciples of Christ and be effective. Hey, thanks for listening in this morning with me. Let's pray. God, we've just barely begun to talk about what we're doing right now with you, praying. There's so much. Shannon and I still take our classes or read a book or learn better how to communicate, and we fail a lot. Lord, we're, we want to learn how to communicate with you too, how to talk, how to listen, understand uh, who you are better, and spend time in your presence just getting to know you through prayer. God, you've chosen many times to work through prayer. We're going to talk about that in the future. But God, that's amazing that you, who's all-powerful and could do whatever you want, choose to call us to pray for something and then act upon our prayers. You're awesome, God. I pray for everyone under this tent and everyone online, everyone listening anywhere, that they would go on a new journey of spending time with you, set apart time, specific time, as well as talking to you throughout the day. As Thessalonians says, to pray continually, just all the time. Help us to do both and help us in our journey to learn more about prayer and then make it a, a habit and a reality in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love one another as God loves you.